Hello and welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you top tips about what you should be booking at the theatre and what the cheapest tickets and the best seats in town are. So this week it's me, Oscar, and my sister Alice. Hello. And of course Madeline. Hello. And no Ruby again, I'm afraid, this week. Hopefully she will be on the next episode. We can only hope. Fingers crossed. So um, let's just talk about what's trending this week. Because did you guys see on Instagram the story about Laura Spencer and Good Morning America? I did. So they were scandalous. <laughs> Basically, on Good Morning America, which is like a you know chat show sort of thing, they did a little piece about um, Prince George, Prince William, and Prince Kate, Princess Kate's. Prince Kate. Prince Kate. <laughs> um, about their son George and kind of his extracurricular activities now that he's at school. The last of which was ballet classes, as they called it, to make it sound like all frou-frou. And she was like, made some comment. They basically just making some lame joke about it. She was like, yeah, good luck with that one, William. We'll see how long he keeps up the ballet. And then they all sort of laughed. And it was, <laughs> as in like, yeah, that's not something a little boy's going to want to do for long. So obviously this has had like a massive backlash on Instagram, Twitter and everything of basically people coming out being like, why are we making fun of young boys wanting to get into dance? And of course, all of our, you know, all the people we follow on Instagram, choreographers like Christopher Wilden. Yes, that's how I I follow Christopher Wilden and noticed that he'd written something very poignant and personal about his journey through dance and what it was like for him doing ballet um, as a young child and how unhelpful and kind of... Um, offensive it was yeah to say something like that because you know you grew up with those comments and then I think people it was actually the response was quite positive in a way rather than everyone attacking her because it was just a stupid comment people it's kind of been an opportunity for people to come out and say how what dance has given them so all the response has been very positive of like look at what this has helped shape my life look at the amazing things I do through dance and this is you know dancers, choreographers, all the people involved in dance and how I really hope she it affects boys' lives. thinks a little bit harder next time about making fun of something like it's that and being a, so stereotypical. It's just such a glib sort of comment as well. And it's like this kind of, like this pastiche of what they think the royal family is. And it's just, he's just a wee boy. If he wants to dance, then who bloody cares, quite frankly. Yeah, I and mean, Chris Fulden said that... Um, Kate has been to, you know, she came and saw one of his works and he's got an OBE through, I mean, you know, the the stuff that dance can bring to people. And also it's just such stupid, lazy scripting. It's so silly. And she's obviously apologised and she's since sat down with Robert Fairchild and Travis Wall and a dancer from the Joffrey and done an apology because I'm sure she feels bad because really what it was was just stupid. Yeah, it's it's misfired. Lazy journalism. It's just a lazy good morning TV writing that's just some lame joke. So she must feel really stupid. The positive side is that it's been really great seeing on Instagram all the people that we follow and all the people involved in musical theatre and ballet have come out and kind of, you know, said how amazing it is. So the positive is some stupid comment. It wasn't vicious, it was Mm -hmm. stupid, but it's highlighted how amazing dancers and how amazing male dancers are. And having seen this year Ballet Boys, having just seen a Matthew Bourne, you know, it makes it all the more ridiculous. And speaking of ballet, I have heard that English National Ballet have commissioned their first full length um, in a long time. I can't remember even what the last one was. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be on in April 2020 and Akram Khan's um, choreographing (gasps) it. Oh, I love him. He did their Giselle, which has been a smash. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. But it's it's not open for booking yet. 
Um, so keep our eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's April 2020. Also, what I would love is that if there could be a stat in the fact that if the royal family, no matter what they do, if, if Kate wears a dress or if Prince George is wearing some little dungarees or whatever, they sell out instantly. And what I'm hoping is that a stat could be that now there's an uptake on kids doing ballet young mm. boys young girls just because it's more they want to copy the royal family i hadn't even thought yeah. of that yeah i yeah. hope so i really hope so yeah i hope so that would be another positive thing to come out of it. yeah that's what's happening on the social media <laughs> thanks babe right shall um, i give you my top tip yes, yes please. please um so obviously we didn't go to edinburgh fringe it's on my top thing like things to do before i die um but i've been <laughs> i just really really want well to go. also especially as we've got a native on the podcast oh. Madeline, you can be our sherpa through the streets of Edinburgh, we should be doing this. You'd next need year a on the bloody podcast. sherpa. It's a ha- it, yes, okay. The Edinburgh Fringe is fabulous, but it's an absolute goddamn nightmare. Imagine standing in the middle of Trafalgar Square and you're covered in breadcrumbs and there's pigeons flying all over you. That's what the Edinburgh Fringe is like for a whole. And the Royal Mile is called that because it is a mile, and the whole of that is just stowed. No one can walk fast. Tourists. It's it is an absolute mission. But if you do want to kind of like be completely immersed in street theatre, pop-up bars, slow walking tourists, yes. I just love the fact that you could see like six shows in, in a, a day. day. Oh, you could absolutely. I would just and some amazing stuff. And I'm reading about things that are now transferring to London. And I think one of the shows that I was quite um, keen on seeing is called Reindeer. It actually won an award this year at the Edinburgh Fringe. And it's the debut play and chilling personal narrative exploration of obsession, delusion and the aftermath of a chance encounter. Um, And it's about um, sort of what happens. Somebody uh, invites someone in for a cup of tea and is then kind of stalked. Um, So it's kind of like psychological. Sounds really interesting. Do you know what? It sounds a bit like your top tip from last week, the Reciffins, and he comes in. A stranger. A stranger comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like... I really, I'm really into this. It's directed by Olivia Award winner John Britton, who did Rotterdam. It stars Richard Gadd. Do I know who that is? I don't think I do. I don't either. I have to Google it. Um, opening night is on the 9th of October, and it runs until the 9th of November. Wait, where's it coming to? It's coming to... The Bush Theatre are putting it on. Um, tickets are really affordable. They're all £20, and they're oh, doing this yeah. £10 sort of lottery, a little bit like the Young Vic do, where you can pay £10 and they'll, on a, they'll put you somewhere on the day. Another thing, just say from the Edinburgh Fringe that I was speaking to Alice about earlier, is that something that I raved about on this podcast is a, a production called Seance, which is by a company called yes. Darkfield, and it's all multi-sensory stuff. So they've just been up at the Fringe putting on their thing there with and premiering a new one, which is called Coma. And all I know about it is a half an hour experience where you go in and you lie down and you and I think like 20 other people in the room have an experience together. Um, it sounds epic. It's at Canary Wharf and they're there. And basically you can go and see all three shows. So you could stagger it. So you could maybe if you live near Canary Wharf, you could go and do them. So Seance lasts like 20 minutes. Coma lasts half an hour. The other one they're doing is called Flight. Um, and that thinks about half an hour as well. Or what I'm going to do is on Saturday, the 21st of September is just go and do all three in a day and stagger them. There's going to be a bar there and stuff. And I think it sounds fabulous. And they sold out completely at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, so we've had two top tips from Edinburgh Fringe. Two top tips. And you love seance. If you want to listen to your review, it was episode five of the podcast way back when. But I think that this company, I just think what they're doing is so interesting. And I think it's kind of one of those, if you just 
like just give into it you know just and how go much are tickets cheap five pounds to seven pounds fifty per like show I think there's a two really good top yeah. tips Absolutely. 20 quid or 10 pounds to see reindeer at British theatre or five to seven pounds to see three yeah. immersive they're called Darkfield Darkfield yeah. yeah so Google Darkfield so yeah so it's on the all the Darkfield stuff it's on Monday the 16th to Saturday the 21st of September yeah. I love a bit of the massive. We haven't done immersive for a while. Oh, immersive theatre is so fun because you can do it with anyone. You can take a friend. Yes. You know, it's a good like birthday thing. Even yeah. if it's not your thing, you've had like a weird, interesting yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, let's start the show with our first review, which is one of the hottest tickets in town. Madeline, <gasps> you went to see Fleabag by Phoebe Waller Bridge. Phoebe Waller Bridge, number one girl crush of. Any girl I know, 100%. She is utterly fabulous. So yeah, I got my flea bag tickets. I did, it's, I mean, it's completely sold out. And even when I was there that night, there was people, a queue of people trying to get returns, people offering. A girl stopped me as I was going in and was like, oh my God, I'll buy your ticket off you for 50 quid. And I was like, I was like, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Like, I, I, I want to keep my ticket. Like, I really want to see this. But it was, it was like people felt frantic. You know, Hamilton vibes. It was like Hamilton vibes. And um, so the story of Fleabag is basically it did start as again a fringe show. My God, we're so fringe themed. So it originally started. She did a stand up show, and it was just a monologue thing at the fringe. And there was obviously some BBC exec in the audience who went. I know, let's try and turn this into a TV show. And initially she'd resisted and was a bit like, oh, I don't think that'll work. And then she did. And then we had Fleabag, two seasons of it, and that's it, done. They then persuaded her to go and perform the original show again on Broadway in New York. Did it there and then came back for it and she's doing it for 30 nights only at the Wyndham Theatre. So it's her by herself. She comes on and it's just her sitting on a, like a tall stool on a stage and it's an hour and five minutes long and it was absolutely sensational it's one of those moments in the theatre where you could hear a pin drop at points everyone's hanging off her every single word and yes if you're familiar with the tv show then it is it's kind of like a her telling the tale of the tv show but the actual stage show far more poignant far more sad some of it's really like like you're not crying sad but it's incredibly touching i absolutely loved it I compl- I was it was everyone was wrapped the whole audience she had them eating out the palm of her hand then it's sort of leaving the theatre and um, and I just sort of was following this like people and a bit like oh how'd you get out of here as we're going out I'm like what are these barriers and we come out right at the stage, stage door, door yeah. like right there so I was like uh, okay I guess I'll That's just the double stage stand door here. as well yes the one behind the window is also the back of the oh, which one is it Noel Coward I'm going to say Gilgood, would it not be? No, no, no. no. Gilgood's Shaftesbury. Oh, either, sorry, not Gilgood. You know, you're right. Duke it's the Duke of Yorks um, or the Noel Coward. But it's the Noel Coward. The Noel Coward's on the other side. Exactly, yeah. I know what you mean. So the I just sort of stood there and started, like, was like, oh, I guess I'll try and get someone signed or see her or something. So say, what a pro. Yeah, I just <laughs> have another sure, yeah, Michael, Michael Ball Wolf. moment. Um, and so yeah so then we had to, we did have to wait. We had to wait longer than the lamest cast, I've got to say. So it was about 35 minutes something. And then, and I bought, you could buy a, a, the um, show a programme, £4.50, a book was £8, and the book's a transcript of the whole show. So I was like, I really want to own that. So that was it, sort of standing there with a book. And actually, I have to say, 
I completely got dry mouth. I was so nervous about seeing her. And I'm just, I love her, you know? Like, who doesn't love Phoebe Waller-Bridge? She's incredible, you know? So then, anyway, she eventually comes out. She's got, oh, sorry, we're saying, she's got this, like, really hot, like, security guy standing there. And he's made an announcement, and he said, right, everyone, you know, you've got to be patient. You're basically, it's a photograph or an autograph. That's it. One and I was other. like, one or the other, one or the other. But then I'm kind of going, so does that mean it's either a selfie with her or an autograph? Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, well, that must be what that means. Yeah. Uh, okay. We find out shortly. That's not what it means. So basically she comes out and I'm thinking, I don't want a selfie with her. Like I look like a mess. I've come from work. So then it was, everyone's getting program signing things. And then Phoebe sort of right in front of me. And I sort of, I was like, and I was, I was all like, like trying to get saliva back in my mouth. And then she's, I said, I said, oh, could, could you sign my book? She stops, makes complete eye contact with me. And it's like, yes, yes, of course. Looks down, she's got her own Sharpie, good prepared. She signs the book. And then I'm like, and I was like, well, I don't really know what to say. And I kind of, and I was like, oh, Phoebe, I think you're fabulous. And your show was just amazing. Like that was absolutely amazing. You're amazing. And she totally made eye contact again, touched my hand and was like, thank you. Thank you so much. And then she kind of moved to the next person. And I thought, she didn't bloody need to do that. And that's what she did with everyone. She was properly taking the time to look at that person. It wasn't just like, Rrr, Yeah, so you they know? could have an experience and felt exactly. like connected with her even for a brief Completely. moment. Completely. It was great. Then other people are doing like proper selfies where they're leaning in and going like, ah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Then I move back out of the crowd to let other people come forward. And then I sort of think, oh, just take a wee sneaky pick. So I sort of take a sneaky pick. Security guy shouts at me and he's like, I've already told you, you've got to ask, ask about photos. And I was a bit like, whoa. I thought it was like selfie or autograph. I didn't realize. And that was it. Anyone who was just taking pictures, like as in I'm just holding up my phone, they were shouting at you. Well, that's a bit weird. She is outside a stage door. If you're in a big crowd, you should... Like, well, I, if you've I, gone I, into her private dressing room, you'd be like, hang on, this is her own personal space. Please yeah. don't just be taking photos. Yeah. But Why you could have just walked past and taken a photo. But that's what it was like. Like, people were, because obviously it's there's well, bars weird. and restaurants right there. So everyone's been like, what the hell's going I on? I think Why it's, it's really good to have, like, stage door etiquette. And since the kind of whole Carrie Hope Fletcher Heathers, like, yeah, the that fandom has become big and massive, they're trying to, like, lay down the law more, which yeah. is great, because people don't want to be handed. But to not let people just generally take pictures of someone at stage door. So, so if back people to, want to see it... So if people want to see it... Well, Alice didn't manage to get a ticket, and her and I were texting, being like, oh my god, you should get a ticket. Alice, you did your research. What time were people there at? 5am. 5am. So day seats is... Pr- unless you're, like camping and yeah. you've got all the time in the world you i don't think day seats are really an option for this they are yeah and they're standing seats as well so they're sold at 10 a.m 33 of them but it is only one per person mm-hmm. which is quite nice because sometimes when you get to a day seat queue, yeah. like when i went to heather's really early i had to give up because i thought there's say 20 but you can buy two each so that means 10 people arrive you're yeah, done because you're done. they could all get two I like so that. here you can count down the queue and it's 33 standing every day at 10 a.m or today's ticks, which I'm not that fussed about Fleabag, to be honest. But I, mean, <gasps> I, know, oh, I know, but I've entered the lottery. I've entered the lottery Why too. Why not? And somebody so in my office... Lottery, and you get to enter for a full week of performances. Oh, that's amazing. It's not a daily lottery. You enter and you can do a whole week ahead. You can tick which ones you could go to. A girl in my office won it. Did she? Did she really, yeah. hun? Oh my God, run home, Charlie. <laughs> she got the golden ticket. Let's and it, they were £25... 
and I she, she sat in the front row. Yeah, the front That's row. That's amazing. Is. That's so amazing. So you can enter, and I think every Wednesday they announce for the following week. So I've entered for next week. Um, I would definitely go if I got for twenty five quid. I just wasn't desperate. I would to... definitely. I would go again. It was. It was brilliant. She was amazing. It's it's such a it's such a great thing to have seen. I'm so I pleased. I would love to see it. I really would. You really would, hun. I really hope that you win the lottery <laughs> of the national lottery We're and this for lottery. You. Yeah. Oh, I'm so hot, guys. It's boiling. I'm Let's sweating. just say that we're in Alice's room. I mean, all, honestly, we're laying on her bed, basically in a triangle. <sighs> My feet are by Nancy's head. <laughs> yeah, thanks, and Alice's really are by mine. Oh, I'm we're all in a triangle. Well, when's the cocktail coming? Uh, let's can... do one more review. Okay, and then I do a cocktail. Because... And do you remember in, what is it in Arrested Development when, like, in every scene they're all wearing? So, oh no, it's in 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 Arrested Development. They're in one office that's really cold, and so we're in there. They're wearing all the jackets, and he's wearing a woman's jacket, and then, <laughs> and then he's like, "It's just, it's just freezing in here. Can we go to the office?" And he's like, yeah, "The air conditioning's broken." The other one. And they go yeah, to the other one, and then they're sitting there with no clothes on. <laughs> that's another top tip. If you've not watched Arrested Development, oh, get on it. I mean, we're obsessed. So Netflix. So Al. You went oh. to see... Appropriate. Appropriate. Another hot ticket in town. It's just opened. It was the top, kind of one of the top tips on the last podcast of like, book this. Um, I'm dying to know what you thought. Yeah, where was it again? It was at the Donmar. Oh, yes, this one. Okay. And it's um, it's starring Monica Dolan, so... Um, she was in All About Eve, and she's in W1A. We so love I was her. really excited to see it, and um, it is... Like, I'll just say right now, it's amazing. Oh my God, how really? fantastic. Please go. I don't know if there are seats available, but when Oscar and I looked when it was a top tip, there were some 40 quidders. Yeah. It's definitely worth 40 pounds. Yeah. It's really good. It's a family drama. It opens in this sort of, um, um, sort of like a sort of a, a plantation estate and the set is fantastic. It's like a crumbling mansion with these sort of like dusty chandeliers and he's like a hoarder the father that's died so there's just random artifacts everywhere and monica dolan's there and she plays tony who's like the elder sister her the, the middle sibling her brother comes back and he's played by stephen mcintosh who was in i don't know if you watched the tv series with um tony collette called wanderlust Oh, I've not watched oh, it i love tony collette so he's in that and he was so good at it. and i spent the whole play going I feel like I know you. I feel like you were oh. my, like a teacher at my school or something. Yeah. So he plays the, the sort of middle sibling who's sort of like the one that's got it all together. He turns up with his wife and children. And then there's like the the younger sibling who's like the problem child of the family. And he's played by Edward Hogg. Um, and he's called Franz. He's been an addict and he's now got a new girlfriend and she's called River. And she's reformed him and she's, you know, he's in the programme and he's now called Franz. And Tony, um, the eldest of paid by Monica, is just like, yeah, we're not going to call you that. And she's quite kind of, she's quite angry. She's yeah. quite shouty for like the first half of it and quite like bitter tongued and quite aggressive. And I think she feels like very put on by these two. She sort of had to raise them a bit and feels kind of like she's held this family together. Yeah. And it's just a sort of family drama really about that her relationship with them and how they feel and the father. And then some, there's sort of like a big twist in it. They find <laughs> something. It's not really a twist. It's just like... They, they find something um, of their father's and that kind of sets about... It's, it's like, it's a bit spooky. There's some spookiness yeah. to it. It's kind of like blithe, spirity. Amazing um, set, it sounds like. Oh, the set is so modern. I was thinking like, oh, this is probably the set that we're now going to be in for the whole time because right. it's that epic. It's, there's that much stuff in it. Yeah. But then after the first half, you're plunged into darkness. There's like a big ending. And... I sort of caught my... It was really, really effective. But then in the interval, I sat in there and I watched the stagehands come and completely take everything out. And then you see it in the next... Because they're preparing for a big sale. 
um, and then you see it kind of completely be changed and look completely different. And it oh, it's just amazing. Um, another sort of standout performance. I mean, River, the girlfriend that I was telling you about, she's like, I thought that could have been quite an annoying character. You know, when someone's a bit like, she's all like hippie, but she's mm. she's really, and she was played by, oh, I don't even pronounce this, Tafleen Steen. Um, she was just so natural and not irritating and she was annoying. And then there was the wife who I thought was an, another really great performance because you know how sometimes people can be a bit like shrill, these sort of supporting characters, like, mm. especially like she sort of played like a bit of a neurotic wife. She was absolutely fantastic. She was called Jamie Barbakoff. I really enjoyed watching her. And then the other person, the girl, the um, the young child, there's a girl in it who's like 14 and she plays a kind of like moody teenager and she's got her phone and she's like looking stuff up or whatever, trying to help them with this So sale. it's set in present day? Totally set in present day. God, up till now, Hannah, I was thinking it was set in the 70s for some reason. I don't know why. I totally day. thought that. Yeah. Um, and she was played by Isabella Pappas, who was in Bring It On. Oscar <gasps> spotted that when I was reading the cast. Well done. Yeah, I recognised her name. She played the kind of of the cheerleaders. She was like the bitchy one that was basically trying to overthrow the main girl. Got her kicked out of the school. Oh she remember gosh! Remember she did that sort of like Britney Spears. Yes, song I do Killer remember Instinct. her. And like we were saying last week in the Once on This Island with the um, British Theatre Academy, you're seeing like the stars of the future. So it's really fun to see a, something like Bring It On and think, what an amazing cast. And, and then she's to suddenly doing this see someone incredible show. at the Dunmark. I mean, I just love a good play. Yeah. Something that... The, so I feel I haven't seen one in a while, and that's really interesting hard. you're talking about this, like a proper drama. Yeah, but like not an old, not an old one where you are you can hear the lines. Yeah. In this, they talk over each other a little bit. Like it's, it's written so familiarly and kind of... Um, naturally it's like um, reading a book this yeah. kind of place or listening like to like a conversation between arc. yeah listening to a conversation between a family arguing and you'd be sitting there going oh my god yeah sounds amazing I'm looking at tickets right now <laughs> so the way to get tickets on the Don is they release tickets each day at 10am for the following week's performance so it's we're recording on a Tuesday evening I'm looking at next Tuesday and there are a couple of tickets available for next Tuesday. So you can sit in the stalls for £20, £30 or £40. And you can sit in the circle for 20 30 or you can stand for 10 I would go again. I'll go and again so with you tomorrow, guys. Would you really? I absolutely loved it. If I look tomorrow, we could do next Wednesday. So basically, you've got a book yeah. a week because ahead it is and a, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's a really good family drama. It's got covers some really serious stuff about race. Um, because, you know, they're, they're all sort of worried that their father isn't the man they thought he was. Was he a racist? Yeah. And then the, you've got the addiction side of things and this problematic child and how that's affected all of their lives. But then there's some really funny bits in it really good humour um, and people were like laughing really yeah. laughing like, everybody really enjoyed it um, and then there's obviously like the sort of spooky haunted like aspect to this house and how they've used that set and it's just fantastic I'm definitely going yeah yeah. Okay. And yeah. Actually, totally will go. There was, like Monica did her I know you I never saw All About Eve but I forget you never saw that no huh? I never saw it but I remember you just loved that big the moment where Monica was sort of crying. And you well, she was cry, trying not to cry, but it was so convincing. She has a sort of moment in this where she has a sort of, you know, the acting's incredible. It's like she has a sort of scene at the end and yeah. it's a really touching moment and she just handles it so well. I can't wait to see it. Woohoo! Yay! I know, it's so good. It runs until the 3rd of October. So if you, yeah, anyone just go and get Sorry. a ticket for appropriate. 5th of October. And yeah, the best way I think to do it is like pick a day you want, like book a week in advance. So go on at 10am the week before you want to go and book because they do seem to just sprinkle because otherwise there are some also some general tickets left if you scroll through but 
they release another load for a week ahead. Also worth saying at the Donmar Warehouse that there's not really a bad seat. I mean, it's such a yeah. modern yeah. theatre. The ones I've just looked at for next Tuesday, for example, they've got some in the stalls on the sort of farthest round side. Would you reckon it'd be obstructed a little bit? You wouldn't be obstructed. You'd still see everything. Your side on it. But, you know, when you want to see a central performance, it is mm-hmm. nice to be kind of central, but you wouldn't miss anything. It's, yeah. But it is played to the front. But yeah. um, sit anywhere, get a ticket. Appropriate the Donmar is amazing. So now it's cocktail oh, time. Hunk, honestly... <laughs> is my cocktail for the week. Cheers, um, babies. And this is inspired by a production that we went to see at the Charing Cross Theatre, which is called Queen of the Mist. This cocktail is just called Queen of the Mist. <gasps> and it's it a, simple. Yeah. I want to choose whiskey because it's aged in barrels, and mm-hmm. why that is relevant will become evident in a minute. So it's whiskey, it's um, cherry liqueur, like a cherry brandy, lime juice, Sugar syrup, overcrushed ice. Mm. Lots of ice. We need ice. We're hot, hot, hot. Oh, it's so hot. So I'll explain the story of Queen of the Mist. This is based on a true story. Based on the true story of a lady called... Remind me, Oscar, please. Q. Um, she's called Anna Edison Taylor. Anna Edison Taylor. She was born into a family of... I believe she was one of 12. Jesus. And I think they were very poor. I think her family um, worked in a mill, flour mill. Her father died and they sort of scraped through and then... She married, had a child who died in infancy, and then her husband died. Shortly after. Shortly after. So, like, she's, she'd had a very hard life. And then it was around this time of Houdini and people that were doing these great big spectacular... 1901, I think it was. Yeah. She decides that she's going to have a custom-made barrel built... And she's going to do all the drawings herself and work out how how it needs to be. And then she's going to put a mattress inside. And then she gets into the barrel and is the first woman to ever go over the Niagara Falls and survive. In a barrel. So she survived. I get this bit, Madeline. When she gets out, so she's unscathed. You know, she's she's unharmed. She's unharmed. Gets out of the barrel. And as they're breaking her out, they hit her on the head. Annoyed. The only injury she sustains when they're cutting her out of the barrel. Oh my god. Because the barrel has to be airtight, and that's why so many people died. It wasn't because they often got smashed to smithereens, it's because the barrel would either get trapped on the rocks at the top or trapped on the rocks at the bottom, and you only have about an hour hour's worth of oxygen because they have to seal it for pressure. Oh my god. So a lot god. of people suffocated trying to do this. What age was she when she did this? So interestingly, she got a um she got a manager, um well she had many managers, but one of her managers um, said that it, even though she was 63... Jesus! Yeah, 63 years old. They said that for the newspapers, they would say she was in her 40s. So, yeah, this it's a really interesting story. And this musical's from 2011. It's already been off-Broadway, and this is its European premiere. It has words and music by Michael John Lachusa, and it's produced by Pint of Wine Theatre Company. And the music is very much, um, it's kind of influenced by turn of the century music. It's got a sort of, I thought, kind of had a Sondheim light style to it, if that kind of explains, you know? Yeah, That's kind of, it's got that sort of, it's not big uh, showstoppery numbers. It's that sort of turn of the century kind of maybe folky inspired American music of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it's not a show full of songs. I couldn't sort of pick out that big number. No, or this big number. The, the songs are not what drives. It's the story that's okay. driving. Yeah. it driving it along. You are kind of waiting to hear what happens next, it's and it, that is told story. through song. But then there's not like big song and dance numbers. No, that no, kind of works because the story's interesting. Um, now, um, Trudy 
Camilleri plays um, the main character, Anna. And interesting, there's an interesting story about her. So she came over from Australia. She's a trained opera singer. She came to the UK and started working um, as an education coordinator, maybe at an art school, perhaps. But she wasn't a professional, trying to pursue a professional career. And she did a kind of amateur fringe production of Ragtime. And it was very well received. And then a few months later, the Charing Cross Theatre, where this is on, did a professional production of Ragtime. And in one of, I think it might have even been their first preview, the character of the mother called in sick. And so someone from the cast knew Trudy, called her up and said at nine in the morning and said, I know you've done a production of Ragtime. You played the mother. The character of the mother is ill today. Could you be at the theatre? Oh, my God. Two hours later. And the matinee was delayed from 2.30 till 3.00. And we were at that matinee. We were, were you really? Yeah. I was like, when you were telling the story, I'm like, we were there. We yeah. were there. I remember the story. We were at that matinee. Because they came, out and gave, they came out and gave an announcement to say, just so you know, she's not going to be perfect. She might be holding the book. And you're like, oh, no. Also, they'd have she, to... You'd never, you'd never have known. No. They literally oh that day God. had to walk her through where all the moving parts of the set were going to be so she can get she was, yeah, safety. And then she ended up doing sort of six or seven performances. I think she did a little run in it. Um, and then since that, she's been in Death Takes a Holiday at Charing Cross Theatre, and now this is her third show there. So that was a fun little That's story such a that we saw her story. in Ragtime. And she's really good in this. I think um, it's, a, it's she's an odd character. She's quite, in a way, she's eccentric and she's quite staunch, but then other times she does seem a bit stubborn. Mm. She's not totally likeable. No, she's not totally likeable. She get you know, when she's like going through all these managers... Well, she has this one main manager, um, played by Will Arundel, who I thought was really good. He, Those two are the only kind of constant characters. And then there's a great ensemble cast who play all the other characters that come in and out of their life. So they're the two constants. And I thought he did a really great job. He was quite charismatic. I don't know if she had as much to do, actually, looking back. Mm. I kind of feel like she, there just wasn't quite enough light and shade for her in her performance. And I kind of felt there were some comedy moments slipped in here and there, but I just... That I, I wanted more from the characterisation of her, and I don't know whether that's her performance, whether that's the writing. I think she could have been a big... I didn't... Obviously, you don't want to make it like a big... It's not that kind of show. She's not Mame. She's not Hello, Dolly. But I wanted a bit more... A bit more light and shade, a bit more gumption, a bit more character, perhaps. What that's I'd it. like to know from you both is, how on earth did they do the set and show the Niagara Falls bit? The what on earth was, was going on there? so good. Yeah, we love So they'd, done, they'd set the theatre up where they had the set in the middle... And then seating onto the right, seating onto the left, and the stage in the middle. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, so that was really I can't good. imagine Charing Cross City being able to have yeah. that facility of the, changing it. It makes the station a bit bigger almost, I think. I really liked it. Give some good yeah. space. Yeah. And then the set was all wooden, and into the sides of the set were these kind of wooden little cubby holes, almost like study compartments. And in there, they'd place bits of the orchestra. So you had a harp mm. or an oboe, or, uh-huh. and then above that was a balcony kind of but also built into the set all wooden again and you had the conductor and the rest of the orchestra up there yeah. you could almost feel like you were living inside her barrel maybe if they yeah, built the okay. set was inside so it so good um, and the actual bit where she goes over Niagara I mean I don't know if it's a spoiler we don't maybe don't it? spoil it but I'm, no, all I'm it. wondering is was it lights was it no it was It was. they sound, used a, really they good used sound a mixture design. of really good sound design Sheets, projections, very yeah. in- inventive. It's a small cool. troop of, you know, like it's very Charing Cross, you know, they yeah. do yeah. these small It's quite rough and ready. I yeah. quite like that. Tara Usher did the designs and um, Adrian Jenkins did the sound design. I thought that was really great. That was really um, good. Yeah, the music w- thing is, I think it was really good. 
I enjoyed it. The story was very interesting. The second half started to drag and they started to do this long build at the end to some sort of poignant finale. And although I think the very last tableau was really poignant and amazing, they dragged that last section out, which was after her her feet and sort of things went very wrong after that. And it was quite a sad life that she Mm. led. The very, very end, they just kind of did this weird thing where they just dragged it on and on and it didn't there fit there seemed to be a natural point to where it ended mm, and i yes. was like oh that's this is it that's, that's it. it and that i'm that's been great and then another song almost happened. 10 minutes i think yeah of and then extra. more people came in and then another thing happened and then you're like they oh, could no. have just trimmed it yeah. yeah and that kind of lost it for me oh you oh no we I, I was really happy with where i thought it was gonna end and yeah. then it kind of just went on for a little bit too long and it didn't it didn't need it at yeah. all but apart from that i thought it was really enjoyable yeah, a great ensemble cast. The music was interesting. I didn't dislike it. I don't love it, and I'm not going to look up the soundtrack at all. But I think it had that nice turn of the century. Some of it was a bit sometimey. But I just think her character wasn't in... That could have been... Considering how interesting the story is, I think they could have just given a bit more light and shade. And some of the comedy in the sec There was more comedy in the second half. I liked some of it. The bit with the kind of... That woman in the sort of bar scene where she was like a bawdy sort of... Didn't work for me It either. went too far yeah. with the swearing that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. So some of the comedy moments, it was just slightly uneven. So I can't give it my wholehearted, um, like you did for appropriate, I can't sort of say, Mads, you've got to go see it. Yeah, okay. That's the thing. But at the same time, tickets are very affordable. So if you... And great view, if you sat at the back of either side, £13.50... You get a very good view. So I think if you're interested and you like musical theatre and this story interests you and you like, you know, if you liked Amour there, again, a small ensemble cast. It was very working similar really, to yeah, yeah, working really well together. Then £13.50, I think that would be worth it for you. But this isn't one that I'm going to tell everyone to go and see. It just, it outstayed its welcome and that was a real shame. And it I was. heard other people that's, who were leaving that's why it's not a hit saying for me. the same thing. That ending kind of ruined it. Yeah. If it zipped along more, I would have been like, actually, interesting. But... That's what we thought of Queen of the Mist. So what we've got coming up next time. Madeline, what did you tell me earlier you were going to see? So I'm going to see on Saturday at the Old Vic. I'm seeing a very expensive poison. Um, Very excited about seeing that. Um, And what else? I think that that's... Oh, unfortunately, I did have a ticket to see Dogfight at Southwark Playhouse. Um, but I'm not going to make it. I've had to put it on resale. We we are going to make it. And do you know what's great? You're putting it on resale because it's I read it's sold out. So. It's sold out. Keep your eyes on it if you want to see it. Um, Alice and I are going to go. It's a Pasek and Paul who did um, Greatest Showman and their Dear Evan Hansen writers. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, it's by the British Theatre Academy. So that's exciting. Um, and also, Al, we're going to see with Mother. We're seeing Oklahoma down at the Chichester Festival Theatre. So we'll have a review of that. Maybe we'll try and rope Mum into the podcast again to give us her opinion. Yeah. Quicker recap this week. We've only seen three shows. We saw Fleabag, which Wonderful. is only running for 30 days. Basically, your options are super early for those standing day seats or get on today's ticks and keep entering that lottery. Yeah. It's possible to win. Girl and has done it. Yep. Um, we reviewed Appropriate at the Donmar Warehouse, which runs until the 8th, do they say, of October. Um, it's getting four star reviews by every single newspaper publication. Yeah. Just get down and get a ticket. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got look every day for the following day of the next week for cheap, uh, for more availability and then we have Queen of the Mist at the Charing Cross Theatre which runs until the end of September so September 28th I think is the last Saturday and you can get tickets for £13.50 up to £30 
Uh, that's it from us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. And of course, if you want to get in contact with us and tell us about shows you've seen or shows you think we should see, I forgot DM to say us, something. Yeah, what? Somebody messaged me and said, please, can you recommend a show in September for somebody that hasn't really been to see a lot of theatre? Go. Ooh, in September. I'd be saying to them to go and see Seance. <gasps> yes. Something like, like going to go and see the Darkfield stuff. If you want a kind of mad experience and maybe you're a bit intimidated by going to the theatre, then it's something more immersive. I'd recommend immersive theatre and I'd say Darkfield. Ask. I would say, Mads, I know you've booked a lot of stuff coming up in Southwark Playhouse. Yep. So maybe we love that theatre. I would kind of just say because the tickets are affordable, the shows mm-hmm. are interesting, they've got a nice bar you can go to, the food market across the street. Just book whatever's on at the Southern Playhouse. They've Absolutely. got two spaces but and just pick one. But we don't know if it's going to be any good. I think if they're trying to look for something that hasn't seen anything, just go see something different. I think if you take them to a West End show and it's not what they expect, they'll think that that's what theatre is. I think take them to Southwark and I think you've got a better opportunity for someone to be like, oh, I didn't know theatre could be this intimate, yeah. this kind of fresh, this different. Even if they don't love it, I think it will give them an experience they haven't had in a theatre, potentially. Okay, well, I'm saying six the musical. I mean, yeah, it's not really theatre, it's more of a gig, but maybe it a good is theater, kind of... theatre, Oscar. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying it disparagingly, I'm just saying, but maybe that's a good in. I think that's... Yeah, I Do think Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not saying it's not theatre, I'm just saying that's more of a gig, but yeah, that's a, a good bet. If you want to have, if you want to have a fun night, yeah. you cannot do any better than six. That's what I was thinking, because that's... It is... Six is the most fun you can have in the West End. I've still not seen it, isn't it? Oh, it's... Fantastic. Madeline, every time... I've seen it twice. Your cheeks... Where is it? ...will hurt by the end. You cannot not smile from start to finish. It is so much fun. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to Third Club Podcast. Stay cool, guys. It's very hot out there. Hydrate. (laughs)